Welcome to the Course in the Chaos. My name is Blake. I'm joined, as always, with Jack and Grayson. Uh, we are in a series in the podcast here in Season 2, dealing with common struggles of the Christian life. Uh, if you haven't listened to the previous podcasts, uh, we are always kicking people back at least to Episode 1 and 2 of this season. Uh, because everything that we're talking about, we're building on the foundation of Scripture and who we are in Christ. And so as we're speaking to these things, uh, particularly in this little sub-series of our series of, of biblical uh, masculinity, biblical womanhood, uh, what it means even to be a biblical kid growing up, things like that, areas that we're going in the future, uh, we're doing so with principles from God's Word. So it's going to be really important to be grounded in those things. Uh, last time we were together, we looked at biblical masculinity, at least a little snippet of it. Of course, it's such a huge topic and it's such a lifelong pursuit uh, that it couldn't possibly be covered in a one-hour podcast. So today we have the privilege then, uh, three white middle-aged men to talk about <laughs> biblical <laughs> womanhood. <laughs> I think I mentioned this last time. Uh, one of the things that we were we were talking about, and maybe it's uh, just a little bit of cultural impression on our parts. Maybe it uh, maybe it shows uh, some some weak uh, some failing or weakness in myself. Because uh, I was thinking, and I know I kind of talked to you guys about this too. Is like, well, when we do this womanhood, what it means to biblical woman uh, means to be a biblical woman. Do we need to bring in a, a lady? Do we need to have a, a guest or something like that? And basically after the conversation that we had surrounding those things, it was, we don't need to do that because the word of God speaks clearly to these things. And so we don't yeah. need to, yeah. you know, change anything. Uh, we can confidently look at God's word and see what a man of God looks like and what a woman of God looks like. So with that, we're going to charge right on ahead. Um, if you utterly hate this episode, say so in the comments. It helps the circulation. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> Jack, 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 it's like, wait a second. Jack it shifting uncomfortable. That's not how that works. Yeah, it just, yeah. just, yeah, gets it, gets it cooking her. Isn't that how it works? Yeah, like, just more comments, more comments. The more comments, the better. Yeah. I don't know how it works on YouTube, though. I don't know. So yeah, that yeah. I, if you're watching this on YouTube, it is helpful though uh, to like, subscribe, and even leave a comment. Um, yeah, kind of boost some things in that area. So anywho, getting into the subject of biblical womanhood, what is a biblical woman? Mm. Thank you, Matt Walsh. Yeah, right. <laughs> Matt Walsh isn't asking what a biblical woman is. It's just <laughs> what true. is a, a what woman. Is just what is yeah. a woman? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It tells you how far we've fallen as a culture. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, Grayson. So, Grayson, you put this outline together. Uh, mm -hmm. It's excellent. Why don't you kick it off and we can we can kind of drive into the into the topic, but let you kind of spearhead things here. Sure. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, first and foremost, a biblical woman is a woman who is mastered by the Bible. Um, I mean, that I hope would be the thing that we can at least all agree on in the sense that no matter who you are, in order to be a biblical woman, you have to know the Bible. Yeah, right, um, right. Right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. that's that's square one, foundation principle. Um, but I think we, we we have a hard time pinning this concept down in the church today. I mean, we, we say it tongue-in-cheek with Matt Walsh, but um, there's a reality there 
that actually has crept into the broader church where we've neglected to even draw proper distinctions between the sexes. So right. much yeah. of your definitional terms are going to be surrounded on things that can harmonize between both men and women in the church. And so there's really, you find all sorts of different books written towards women or written towards men, but many of the foundational principles are much the same where there's no uniqueness between them. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. And th therein lies such a big, you know, think about the struggles of the Christian life. It is such an odd struggle that we have. And, and I wonder, I, I genuinely wonder how history will look back on this time mm -hmm. because it's, it's a weird, it, it's a, I can't recall a time in history when gender confusion has been like th just kind of macro thinking. I can't think of a time when there's been a society and there's been weird sexual perversions and things like that. And we read about that in the right. Testament, right? But, but just this utter confusion of man and woman and what that means. And, um, it, it, it truly is an interesting time. And, and like you alluded to this, this question we had about, should we have a woman on the podcast and that kind of the cultural influence? Mm -hmm. it, isn't that interesting? Like, I, I wonder if a hundred years ago, if there were podcasts, I don't think that would have ever been. If there ever would have been the, if there ever would have been yeah. the thought of, I don't, do, am I? Can I speak to this? You know, right. yeah. Which again, right. I, I, I view myself as having a thoroughly uh, biblical worldview, and I think you guys would say the same thing about yourselves. But it's still interesting how that thought crept in uh, yeah. to my mind, even being a being a pastor and being you know so it, yeah. it it just goes to show me i think in the in in the process of us talking about this of just how much culture presses in even unawares you know yeah it, it's yep. really hard and to, to kind of get to the brass tacks of the struggle it is really hard to know where that line is of biblical influence versus cultural influence and you see that in the church today right and how the church right. has responded to so much of this and right there's a for I'm not going to even because people will just turn off a podcast one way or another if you just take a stance. But there is an there is a, <laughs> there is a man. Hang on, I would rather I would rather go to scripture and let scripture define it than me just start mm -hmm. saying things right because people then won't hear it. I knew what um, you were going to say, Jack. But 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 the point I'm making is this: because of this blurred line of cultural influence versus biblical influence within the church, there is this continual push for eleva or an elevated role of women, right? Mm -hmm. And you right. see that in extreme examples in very progressive denominations where women are now quote unquote pastors and, you know, right. Yeah. It's nonsense. Right. But you even see this, you see a push in, in concert, real, even conservative denominations, like take um, the, the PCA, the Presbyterian church of America, which I'm very familiar with. There has been constant discussion at General Assembly in the past decade or so of what can women do, what can women not do mm -hmm. to, to, to topics like can women be deacons? What is a deaconess? Can women how can women serve? And, and the question isn't so much. And I think this is where it bothers me when it gets to this point. And this is kind of a tangent, but then we'll get into it but where I think maybe many people can relate as it, as it comes to a struggle. There's this there's a difficult line where. There are some who want to say, okay, well, let's get to the line and let's push up right against the line as much mm -hmm. as we can, right? Versus, versus the opposite of this, where you look at scripture and say, this is what we know is what's good and true, and let's operate in a safe space. Safe, I hate that phrase, but in, in a space <laughs> where, we, where we know we're not biblically erring, where we're not pushing the line, right? And, and, and I think 
in this confusion, we've generally lost this ability to look at scripture and say, look at what women, how God defines women, the role of women, the purpose mm-hmm. of women. And in all this mess, all of this is lost because there's such beautiful, wonderful God designed, uh, character, godly character driven things that are defined in scripture, played out in scripture, roles that are unique to women that are utterly right. incredible. Right. Right. That no one cares about anymore. Right. Yeah. It's what we were yeah. talking about last time in that God gives these, uh, defined realms of, uh, authority and yeah. they're kind of even it, depending on your phase of life, they, they change and they move and, and grow, you know, your level of responsibility and things grow, you know, with you as you grow. Uh, it's, it's interesting that when you kind of step back from it and you look at, you know, what is, what are the things that God has commanded for men and women? There are so many more things in common, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you think about like all the commands for prayer, you know, just take it on a very basic level. You know, there's no distinction of men and women as far as, okay, you, you need to have a, you know, a, a good prayer life of uh, the way that you pray, you know, all these different things. Uh, when you look at the specific uh, gender commands, gender roles, uh, they're actually very small compared to the shared roles yeah. uh, and the shared yeah. commands uh, that the Lord gives us. Yeah. So as we're looking at this, we have to realize we're one, we're fighting against culture as, as we always are butting up against culture uh, that in Western society, a lot of churches are asking those questions that Jack brought up. And that is uniquely a Presbyterian problem. It's not a problem with the Baptists <laughs> at all. So thanks Rick Warren. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys had someone train millions of pastors? I don't think so. No, so, that guy, what a clown. All I right. think it speaks to a, a deeper issue at heart though. Um, and this is, I mean, the reality of what sin does in general, where, we think we know better than God, right? God right. defines yeah. these yep. parameters in his word. And we look at that and say, it's not enough. That can't be right. And so we have to always push those boundaries and explore outside, color outside the lines, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think we find yeah. much the same in this issue. Right. So what we're looking yeah. at is that overarching, those kind of overarching commands to women. So the, um, the the nuance to it is it's just like we said last time that these different women are in different phases of life and things like that uh you know there's different circumstances whether you're single or whether you're married or whether you're a widow uh, but again today we're looking at that overarching kind of area of god's yeah. commands to women which begins with of course faith in christ yeah amen yep. but as we alluded to i think it's it's uh it's important to acknowledge, right? That men and women are built different. Yeah. There is Mm -hmm. a vast, a very wide, Blake, as you pointed, a very wide area where there's commonality, right? Mm -hmm. As humans, you know, we are made in God's image. There's a whole Mm -hmm. swath of stuff that that applies to, which is great, but there certainly are distinct uh, differences between men and women. Uh, I would say that by God's design, um, and no one here would argue women are designed to build and bear children, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. And this ability to bear children, uh, is, is evidence of God's design in generally speaking that women are better built to nurture 
physically and emotionally at nurturing and empowering those around them, like the ability for them from the moment of conception to sustain life, mm -hmm. for example, right? That That's something that God built within women that I can't do that. Yeah. Right. Right. Jack, don't that's, a blessing. Short. that's a wonderful thing. Huh? Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> Haven't you heard about pregnant men? Gosh. See, again, and we laugh, but that's the craziness of, of where know. we're at. That's our is age, things, yeah. Yeah, is that things get, uh, things get totally messed up and, and twisted around. We were talking about on your, on your point of, you know, uh, women being, you know, made by God in the sense of sustaining life and nurturing and building into others that, uh, I think when you look at biblical womanhood, womanhood rather, women's hood, uh, womanhood as a, kind of a large, <laughs> I'm stumbling over my own words, oh, as kind of the large picture of it, uh, we were talking yesterday uh, that the empowering of women really comes through how they empower others, how they build yeah. into their children, mm -hmm. how they build into their church, how they build into their spouse. Uh, and it's not by taking the, uh, the, it's not by taking over the role of the man, uh, but it's thriving within a, a woman's own role and uh, mm -hmm. set of commands. Yeah. Yeah, yep. exactly. Well, I, and we've made this comment before where we've just talked back and forth, but when I look at our modern culture and how everybody is immediately wanting to um, make women the primary breadwinner, all that kind of stuff, it's, it's born out of an idea in our culture that says, women must bear both curses, right? It's not yeah. enough that she bears the pain of childbirth. She must now right. bear the pain of the sweat of the brow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just completely backwards where God in mm -hmm. creation um, ordained that these different sexes operate in different roles and those are good. And we have to be able to either acknowledge that and accept it, or we can kick against the goats of gods, but that, that doesn't really change anything at the end right, of the day. Right. Yeah. And men are too. It's funny how the the sins of the garden repeat themselves, mm -hmm. because men in that of the, the woman bearing both you know ends of the curse, which I love the way you put that. Uh, so many men are so willing to just sit back, like Adam did, as Eve's being tempted by the serpent, mm. and just watch it happen. You know. Yep. And even be willing to give a ground. It's amazing in these denominations how. Uh, particularly these liberal dominations, uh, denominations that uh, there's so many men, biological men, not biblical men, that Good are clarification, that are willing, that are just so willing to say, "Yeah, you got this," you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. charge yeah. ahead, bear both ends of the curse, you know, right, and uh, we'll just uh, celebrate that, you know, make it a point of 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 celebration that you are now fulfilling both roles, and we get to you know, sit back and eat Cheetos or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well said. Well, let's jump into this a little bit further. So I think point number one, uh, and this is the first point on, on, uh, Grayson's outline. And it's, it's, it sounds maybe for some listeners elementary, but it's not, it is absolutely crucial foundational. And you have to begin here is that to define what biblical femininity or biblical womanhood looks like it begins with faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to be a biblical woman, it sounds elementary, but we have to begin there in a topic that has completely lost its foundation. Biblical womanhood begins with faith in Christ. 
So suffice it to say, you cannot be a biblical woman if you do not have faith in Christ. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know how to make it more simple than that, but it, but yeah, we need to begin there. <laughs> well, and you guys, I'm sure would agree though, that even though it begins here, it, it simply doesn't end here, right? This Correct. is just a foundational principle. If you're not one who has faith in Christ, it should be easy to see it would be impossible to be a God honoring woman. Right. Um, so right. in line with that though, as, as we're looking at it, um, obviously things begin there. But the idea is the same with all Christians in one sense, where that uh, practical pursuit of holiness and godliness has to be your utmost duty and delight, right? So though it begins with faith in Christ, there's a continual trajectory that every last Christian is on where we have to continue to pursue Christ and pursue a knowledge of the word and pursue obedience to the commands of God, um, just like any other person who is in Christ. But yeah. The bigger overarching point um, within that is that you're only going to grow as godly as your knowledge and application of the word, right? right. So without continual soaking in God's word, you just simply will never grow to a capability of being a godly person in general. Right, right. Mm. There is no godliness by osmosis, right? Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't that be great, though, if, if you could? You could just literally <laughs> just pick up uh, some spiritual points by putting your head on a Bible. <laughs> Wasn't it, who was it, uh, that false teacher? There was that video of him that hit with the Bible on his head. Oh, Todd White. Oh, he Todd White. It up on yeah, it. Todd White. Like, yeah, that's Todd White. He's yeah, got, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know nice with this. It's obviously not working. It's obviously not working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's look at a yeah. portrait of uh, biblical femininity, shall we? Let's yeah. do it. Um, Titus 2, which was, uh, I mean, so many great instructions. I, I kind of, I was kind of lamenting that uh, Jack and I, when last time we're talking about biblical masculinity, we didn't jump in to Titus two because there's so much good material there, obviously mm. for men too. Uh, but you can kind of read Titus two and supplement me and Jack's failings in the last. See, we needed grace in there to fill oh, out the biblical manhood. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Like we said, it was See, only two thirds as manly as it should have been. That's one of the things where if I were to say that, everybody would be like, "Oh, that's pretty arrogant." But since you guys say it, I'll just I'll humbly just accept that. Right, humbly yeah. accept. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that is in no way flattery at all. Um, what, why don't we like maybe just read that section of scripture because there's quite a bit yeah. there, and we can kind of walk through yeah. it. Yeah, I'll just read the whole. Uh, I'll just read the whole uh, thing here. Uh, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children. To be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. And then it goes on to bond servants and, and things like mm. that, which yeah. that would actually be another good 
that'd be another good podcast is the, uh, a, a biblical worker. What does that look like? A yeah. Biblical that would be a good yeah. 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 What uh, translation do you have, Blake? Uh, this is the new world translation of the Jehovah's witnesses. Oh, <laughs> uh... the pod, the pod, <laughs> the pod. Uh, that's ESV. It's, uh, okay. it's the ESV and it, to which the um, KJV, special. the KJV only college that I went to uh, referred to it as the uh, the extremely stinky version. Oh, no, it's uh, extra so special. Very clever. I mean, a, a really good jab. <laughs> yeah, extra that's stinky. A great burn. Yeah, yeah, super <laughs> good like... burn. You know, but I tell you what, in a KJVO circle, you know, uh, like Bible Baptist uh, kind of circle, I bet that joke fundamental. Just... It slays. Gonna, I mean, yeah. three minutes of just laughter, <laughs> people slapping their knees, yeah. hooting and hollering. You know, that's then you right. get the next that'll guy pre- who's like, "Yeah, the Nazbe, more like the New American Stinky Bible." Oh, it slays yeah, right. again. It's all just yeah, and just another uproar of laughter. Yeah, no ESV. Uh, ESV though. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to read it from your? Uh, uh, I don't have does my fit you? open. Oh, so I, say, I does just it noticed there's some some slight differences in in how they worded it, but it, I mean the general idea is that they're giving the same concepts, right? Mm-hmm. So when you look at everything that's in Titus two, Titus two is one of those passages I think a lot of people tend to shy away from again because our culture. You, you read that whole list of commands given to older women and then younger women, and it's not very popular, right? I mean, right. people don't. I mean, I, it's I, the- I literally was thinking of all of those different um, back to school videos with the wino moms, right? <laughs> right. I, I, that's what I yeah. was thinking of as I was reading through this list of Titus 2, where it's like they literally fail on every single command within it. Right. And yet those things go buck wild at September yeah. every single year because. <laughs> Got to chuck right. the kids back off to school and send them off to school. The mom's getting tanked in celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I think one of you made a, a really great meme a long time ago. Wouldn't uh, be then. On that. It was great. It had to have been Grayson. <laughs> yeah. It had to be Grayson. If somebody can go on the page and dig that up, it was a long time. It was like, uh, it's like in the ancient uh, scrolls of uh, the memes. Of the, memes. the annals of TIC or TCRTC. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, you know, it, it, I, you said that, you know, people, you know, buck against Titus too. It's interesting that usually the, the, the way that uh, the thing that's said to dismiss Titus too is, oh, that's cultural, mm-hmm. right? As if their culture needs to crumble to our culture, you know, because we want things to be different, you know, our yeah. culture is so much better than their culture. <laughs> so much, so much better. So, yeah. Right. Well, and I think when you look at, the issue behind it. I always go back to Romans 12, one and two, where he's talking about being transformed by the renewal of your mind, right? It's a great verse that most people know, but the way that Paul is describing it is that there's this active conformity, right? Those choices Mm -hmm. that we make in which we conform ourselves, but there's also this passive conformity to the world where we kind of get squeezed into the mold. And I think that hits both ways, right? You you can make deliberate choices in which you are bucking against the commands of scripture, but there's also people that are, for lack of any better way to put it, accidental feminists or 
perhaps they're right. not even aware of the fact that they're doing it, but it's it's literally that they've been pressed into the mold of our culture. Right. And therefore, right. you've when kind, of, you've kind commands, of went with the landslide. Yeah, yep. exactly. And so you yeah. hear it and it's shocking. It's like, oh, um, that's not at all what our American heritage is. And it's like, well, perhaps your American heritage isn't so great here. You know, yeah. at one point it was really this. Grayson the day before yeah. the 4th of July uh, on this, you know, our blessed to... 4th of July, you're going to say <laughs> something some... like that. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll blow off a couple more fireworks and uh, throw some more things on the grill to make up for it. Oh yeah. I was going to say, wait, are these, are these metaphorical fireworks or these? Oh no, like, they're very, fire... yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Where we you live see, actually, we have the, the, the beauty of being able to just blow stuff up in our driveway and the cops will drive right by. They don't care. Right. Right. Yeah. They're, Oregon, uh, all fireworks that, that shoot up in the air are illegal. Hmm. Okay. Uh, because of just the forest fires and, and things like that. And, uh, but every year people bring, so we live like on the backside of a, um, <sighs> Not upper middle class neighborhood. It's like, is there a step below upper middle class that's just below or a little above middle class? I don't know. They're like kind of like nice places, but everybody drives up to Washington. Okay. Like middle class plus. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like uh middle plus with extra leg room or something. <laughs> and so they, uh, but they like drive up to Washington. They buy all the illegal fireworks and there, there's just so much there's so many being shot off the same kind of thing. The cops just kind of like cruise yeah. through the neighborhoods, like stop you what and mortars and everything else. It's like a war zone all mm -hmm. around the backside of our house. See, anyway, every fourth where of July, I live, they're like, you have to pay $5 for a permit. And then it's suddenly <laughs> magically legal. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll, I will not ask questions. That is the most arbitrary, strange, <laughs> Five dollars yeah. for your for your legal uh, sky sky flaming. Wow, we have no anyway. laws in Oklahoma. So man, there's nothing <laughs> to burn down in Oklahoma, though, is there? Uh, well, like we can, you do, can set a tornado on fire. <laughs> now that's if, terrifying. If, if you're in city, like kid, if you're in city limits, you need you do need to get a permit. Yeah, like in Tulsa. But yeah. as soon as you're outside city limits, <laughs> I mean, whatever you want. Like sometimes people just go out and just shoot their guns up in the air for no reason. <laughs> that <you're right>. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jack's like, that actually happens. I, no, yeah. seriously, like I'm trying to think. I think last year we've jumped the rails. Yeah, <laughs> last year we were we, outside. See, this is we were hitting already at the beginning, like the difference yeah. between men and women. This is it. In yeah, a why are we talking yeah. about fireworks? Yeah, this is a podcast on and women, guns, and, and we end up yeah. talking 20 minutes on fireworks <laughs> and shooting guns up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> We did do anyway, a woman on here. We I did. Knew it. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, no, I remember last year we were outside doing fireworks and I distinctly heard somebody just shooting guns in the air. Like you could just hear it in the back <laughs> right. background. Yeah. See where we, we used to live, we were in a little bit seedier of an area. And so for us, we always played a game on the 4th of July of is a firework or gunshot. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, let, anyway. let me, let me make a, a transition here to get back, to get us back on the rails. I'm going to make a book recommendation. Um, mm -hmm. This is this book is loosely on biblical femininity, but I'm going to hold it up here. I can get it in the screen. Um, if you can see that. I thought it was a great book. I think, Blake, you read it too. This is I a didn't book get that to is, finish it, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to finish it. I'm, I'm about yeah, I've got like 25, through. 30 pages left. I'll finish yeah. it probably later today. But it's a, yeah. this book has been, in fact, 
I can't when actually I see it, it, Jack, but maybe what, it'll oh, be. When I opened yeah. it, this bookmark was in it, which is a Together for the Gospel 2008. Hmm. I've, so I've had this book since 2008, and I've never read it because it was given yeah. to me at Together for the Gospel a long time ago. A great book, but it's Marriage to a Difficult Man by Elizabeth D. Dodds. Um, and essentially, it's kind of a biography of Sarah Edwards and Jonathan Edwards, loosely. Mm -hmm. But it was a really interesting book. And if you're looking for an example of biblical femininity and what this could look like played out in real life, really interesting book because it walks through what it, basically what it was like to be Sarah Edwards, who's married to Jonathan Edwards, marriage right. to a difficult man. Hmm. And, um, you know, he's, if you're familiar with Jonathan Edwards, you'd be like, oh yeah, I wonder what that was like. But the way she walks through um, caring for him, serving in the community, the yeah. industrialism, when you think about a Proverbs 31 woman and the way they go into the market and they do all right. these things right. and care for 11 children. children. Yeah, mm -hmm. 11 yeah. children. I mean, just yeah. all the stuff she does. It was a really fascinating, truly a fascinating read. Good book. Um, but I use this, this episode of the podcast as an excuse to finally read that one. I think I'll give it a thumbs up and a recommendation if someone's looking yeah. for some extra yeah. content. Yeah, it's really, uh, really enjoyable. Yeah. For so, sure. But to that point, you know, <clears throat> Titus 2, um, for older women, as as Blake read in the extra stinky version, um, <laughs> that's English standard, by the way. Yeah, that English like bothered yeah. me. I couldn't even like. <laughs> <he's going laughs> I can't do this. I can't yeah. do it. English standard, which is why I, I can't read. commit to the bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, for older women, if you kind of want to, want to summarize it, there, there's a lot of character you know, underlying character, Christ-like character stuff in here, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. again, it's rooted in the character and person of Christ, but there to be reverent in behavior, not malicious gossips, not enslaved to much wine and teaching what is good to younger women. Mm -hmm. So what, curious, what do you guys think? That's For a older part, women. That's yeah, four sermons right there. That is yep. four sermons. But yeah. When, yeah. when you think older women, do you think this is, who, who would that apply to here? Like, what would be the the profile of someone in older women? Mostly older women. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you, know, mean like, age, you can't put an age on it. I mean, throughout different times. I, no, I think like, it's... I'm asking you to put an age on it. Give me an right. exact so age. Are, is the life expectancy 35 years old at this time that we're talking about? <laughs> or is it 80, you know? I, one of the common misconceptions, I think, um, is that age equals wisdom and it simply does not i mean no. there are a lot of old fools running around in fact, mm -hmm. uh, there's a passage in um uh ecclesiastes it says something to the effect of you know it's better to be a wise poor child than an old rich king you know or something like that uh and so it's not really an age thing it's the issue i mean i think it is speaking to older, I mean, relatively older women, people, women who are further on down the path than okay. the younger women. So maybe widows, those maybe who have been married uh, for a while, who have children. I mean, the ones that you think in your church that you should look up to. And I think you probably, it's kind of hard to throw a lasso around. I mean, there are people that should be mature. You know, mm -hmm. if you're walking yeah. around, if you've walked with the Lord for, you know, any number of years, there should be a level of maturity. You shouldn't still be running around in, in diapers, right? Yeah. Uh, spiritual and I, and diapers. I, and I was kidding about the age, but that, that's the point I was getting, getting to is don't get hung up on that. I think mm -hmm. if you're, 
if you're in a church or in a community of believers, if you're not do that, uh, go back to season one and you can, you can <laughs> learn a little bit more about that. But, but if you are in a community of believers, you know, look for opportunities to teach and encourage women who, through a phase of life that maybe you've already gone through, mm -hmm. right? And look to women who have already gone through a phase of life that maybe you're currently in or moving into. So uh, again, I, and you brought up the point, life expectancy. I don't know what it was back then. It wouldn't surprise me if it was 40. Well, now it's I like mean, 80. Paul talks about a widow indeed, and and basically the age of a, a widow indeed would be right around 60. So, okay, so, there you mm -hmm. go. Yeah. So there you go. But anyway, not not to get stuck on a silly point. Right. But yep. do you think that do you think that these four things for older women? This is where we get in trouble, boys. Do you think that these four things are specifically mentioned because they are um, common failings for older women or common points of temptation? Yes, I actually to be, do. Yeah, yeah. To be perfectly blunt, to be um, when whenever I see a command in scripture, my automatic assumption is that that command is given simply because, because it it's is a automatically a temptation right. or right. a problem, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> and so these four things, even though um, we may not like to to take that dagger to the heart, so to speak, I think to that- To stereotype, yeah, right. But, but I do think that they are particular issues that are germane to women. Um, I, I don't know many men who are given to much gossip. I, I just simply mm -hmm. don't. Um, it's not saying that they, they can't be, but the re reality is that, again, I, I went back to those go back to school videos with the moms where I, I checked off the list in my head. Okay, they're not reverent in their behavior. They're literally mm -hmm. just uh, flippantly treating the gift that God has given them. Um, they are malicious in their behavior, even towards their own kids. Um, they're enslaved to much wine. I mean, that one's pretty easy when you see a goblet of wine and they're kicking their kids on a school bus. But these are right. things that I do think Which the kids are getting on the school bus at like eight 30 in the morning. Yeah. Too. Yep. It's like, please stop. Why no mom? So maybe no my, one knows what we're talking about. Maybe those commercials are only run like in our area. No, or something. I, I, I know, know um, particularly <laughs> a lot of um, women that I've talked to are, are well aware yeah. of those commercials and they're like disgusted um, by them. Yeah. They are yeah. utterly, it's just vile. But I look at stuff like that and I look at what our culture continues to push and it, it literally is the opposite of what this whole um, yeah. list of commands that Paul gives to Titus mm -hmm. and what they are to teach you, right? It's you go in any corner of our world today and you'll see that the opposite is basically being pushed by, by women. Um, the opposite right, yeah. messaging, the opposite character traits, um, all those different things. Even when you look at the list for, for younger women, right? They're to love their husbands, love their children, be sensible, pure workers at home, to be kind, to be subject or submissive to their own husbands. Um, those are all things that our culture pushes hard, hard against. And mm -hmm. it's a sad thing in my mind, but um, you see it within the church much of the time too, because I mean, especially that one where you hit pure workers at home, most people are like, well, hold on. I don't like that one. Um, and it's like, well, at the end of the day, though, this is what Paul gave to Titus to teach women in the church and older women were to be dignified women at home, being able to teach these things to younger women. It's actually a, mm -hmm. a beautiful thing when done rightly. Does it mean you can't be industrious or work? No, we see that in Proverbs 31. But it does mean that there is a qualitative beauty 
to a woman who was able to manage her household well. Right. Yeah. And it's, and that's a whole nother cultural thing. That's a whole nother cultural rabbit trail of how in our world today, what is, what is held up for women is the importance of a career mm -hmm. uh, and how the family is downplayed. And I think I, I think it was something that trad West posted <laughs> a couple days ago, uh, but it really kind of stuck with me was just that reality that if you died tomorrow, your boss would replace you tomorrow. You know, yep. I mean, yeah. there's just no lack there, but if you die tomorrow, your family will miss you forever, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so like, think, where's, you know, your priorities uh, of, of home and family and things like that um, are huge. Yeah. Have either of you read and, and going back and it's a little shameless self-promotion here. We did have Nancy Piercy on our podcast a few weeks ago. If you haven't heard that on toxic masculinity, her new book mm -hmm. is out now. You should pick it up and listen to that podcast. Yeah. But about 20 years ago, she wrote a book called total truth. Have either one of you read it? Mm -hmm. No, I haven't read total truth. No. Okay. There's a whole section there, which I found fascinating and I, and I don't, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but so much out of, I think this, cause you're talking about the, the women working at home and, and just this, the way the culture is dealing with this now, but she goes into a great links in this one section in this book. And I wish I'd thought about it beforehand. I had to reread it, but essentially what she says is so much of the, of the, of the push for feminism and the women being in the workplace to going out of the home was, is like a counter movement to the industrial revolution. And basically what she says is up until the industrial revolution, generally speaking, men and women, and you see this played out in Proverbs 31 too, but men and women worked in the home and men would work at home. They were farming. It was agricultural. Mm -hmm. um, e even up until this point, you you might, even if they were like, I had a commercial type business, whoops, bump the mic, that they would, they would often, you know, live on the property, but, but come out and, and do business and then go back. But right. men and women work together. And what happened right. was with the industrial revolution, men, stopped working at home and began to commute into cities mm -hmm. and women were left basically alone. Mm -hmm. And you do that for a generation, uh, roughly a generation. And then you see the feminism movement, uh, movement like kick up because this is unfair. This is unfair. Yep. And the, the response wasn't to bring men back to home. Like, okay, well let's bring men back home and like mm -hmm. begin to really solidify the family unit. The response of the culture was to then send women into the workplace too. Right. Yeah. It's, re it's just really interesting kind of cultural um, overlay, like, like yeah. macro overlay, but, right. but it goes to show the importance of what Titus is saying here it, or Paul is saying to, to Titus, the importance of being at home. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know women work, uh, men work, but to the extent that we can, right. To the extent that we can be true to scripture and honorable to scripture, the more we can be at home nurturing and caring for our families. We talk about younger women love, you know, love their husbands, love their children, be sensible workers at home, be kind, all these things to the extent that we can solidify and enforce and bring back the family unit. It will improve the health. I think of, of churches, it'll improve the health of families. Um, and it'll go well for you in the land as, right, as scripture right. says, right. Yeah. If you're failing and if you're failing in your biblical commands, then something needs to give. Like if your career is getting in the way of you loving your husband, and your children and being sensible 
um, and, you know, getting, uh, you know, training up your children in godliness and maintaining your home uh, and all of those things. If, if your career is getting in the way of that, the career is the thing that needs to give way. Right. Yeah. You know, not the, yeah. not the biblical command. And, you know, we've gotten, we've gotten away from that. And I think we're reaping as culturally, we're reaping what we've sown, you know, particularly since, uh, world war two, which is yeah. the big movement of women going into the work uh, workforce for a seemingly good cause and then not going home, uh -huh. you know? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, society is, society is very happy. Um, society is very happy to have two working parents because yep. two working parents paying taxes and all those things is a uh, better for the industrial. economy. Oh yeah. 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 And it's, and it's easier. This is another podcast, but it's easier for the school system to, to then educate your children yes, in the way is. that they yeah. want. If yeah. your parents are uninvolved. Right. So yep. exactly. It's a, the past hundred years, Shout out years. to the latchkey kids of the eighties and nineties. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man, what a, there's so much, like you, we could do an entire season on this, yeah. right? Yeah. I think on, on the podcast, but not, not to, not to get bogged down in that, but I do think it's an important topic. Um, but again, younger women, uh, we have commands for older women. We have commands for younger women. Um, love your husbands. Um, love your children. I love, I love, I love that. Be sensible. Mm -hmm. Like just <laughs> have what some I common always sense, like about right? that passage is Paul gives literally one command to young men and that's it. Just be sensible. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if people Don't be are, a moron, is what he said. Yeah, yeah. basically it's like, stop yeah. it. <laughs> so if you're offended, um, you know, just look at the young men and say, okay, well I got more than yeah. be sensible. So there's, at least something more going on in my brain than I need to just slow down and think. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> but when you, when you look at these um, commands given to older women and to younger women, Paul, uh, he frames this whole section in light of the fact that the word of God is not to be dishonored. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge, huge charge. Um, yeah. That's why I say we can't play fast and loose with these things. We have to be able to look at it and, and understand that, there's much more at stake than um, perhaps we'll lose out on the vacation or the second car or the different things that we can so easily use as good, good things, right? That yeah, man, it's so are not good. evil yeah. in and of themselves, mm -hmm. um, but we can be to the detriment of our own households and to the word of God, as Paul says here. And you see the negative example all throughout scripture um, and in all sorts of different places. You know, I, I think of, there's always a couple of, quotes from Proverbs that Solomon brings up, right? He's, he's drawing out the curse of having a cantankerous wife or being in the presence of a cantankerous woman. Um, Proverbs mm. 21, 19, it's better to live in a desert than with a contentious and vexing or cursing woman or Proverbs mm. 27, 15 through 16, a continual dripping on a rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Restraining her is like holding back the wind or grasping oil with one's right hand. So when you yeah. see those ones, that, I mean, they're harsh to our ears, right? Um, but the reality he's drawing out is that there is um, the opposite of these commands, right? As far as the opposite of what Paul gives to Titus um, proves to be a detriment in more ways than one. And yeah. 
we all see it. We're just, I think, too embarrassed or too shy to actually go there half the time. Because, again, mm -hmm. that's it's the sacred cow in our culture of you can't talk about the boisterous woman or the cantankerous woman or the woman who is yeah. a curse to her husband. Um, right. it's, the, uh, it's not the sacred cow. It's the sacred pig with the uh, gold ring in its snout. You there know? you go. There's another Which one. Which is the other passage, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think a of the, I was trying to give the reference. Like, where is discretion. that? Yeah. I think yeah, I put right. that one later on in the, when we get oh, to modesty. Okay, yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh man. But still, Jumping it's like, ahead. those are, this is the word of God and we have to be able to look at it and assess it with sobriety and, and ask the question, okay, um, even though I may not like to ask it, am I the contentious woman? You know, obviously mm. I'm not the woman here, so I don't ask that yeah, question. Yeah, but my husband, yeah, but my husband, he... Yep, yep. And we can all play that game. Husbands <clears throat> can play that game when they're looking at their right. own commands. Right, yeah, um, right. But none of that We tend to do matters. that though, right? Isn't Don't we live, we, we tend to uh, diffuse it, diffuse the conviction, but with the yeah, buts, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like I, I don't have to, I don't have to fulfill my responsibility here because this other person, it's again, the sins of the garden, the woman mm -hmm. who you gave to me, uh, gave to me yeah. and I, and I ate, you know, uh, mm. yeah. Wild. Yep. But you see other examples in, in the old Testament, right? I mean, everybody, when they think of a wicked woman thinks of Jezebel, I mean, she literally is plotting and scheming. And I mean, in our culture, people think of Jezebel as this, um, basically a whore, but I don't think scripture depicts <laughs> her like that. She is a woman yeah. who is literally given over to murder and treason and every right. sorts sort of and manipulation. Yeah. And yep. yeah. And just cruelty, not a popular baby name, Jezebel. No, that's <laughs> never in the, that's never in the top, like 100, uh, you know, you want to, you want a hot take? I bet it will be. When? I, bet, I don't know, like 50 years. I don't know. I don't Long know. enough that someone will not remember me saying that. Check. So no. can come. Uh, this is one of those prophecies that is fulfilled after we die. Yes. 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 Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, I mean, Jezebel's not the only one who, who gives a, a bad rep, right? You have Rebecca. Um, she helps Jacob deceive Isaac. You have Lot's daughters who get him drunk and they conceive children with him. You have Job's wife, right? He's in pain and misery. His children have just died. Everything is lost. And instead yeah. of being in, uh, a faithful, how long woman will you him, go on? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. curse God. How long and you die. go on? Curse God and die. Yeah. And he says, "You foolish woman!" Right? I mean, he rebukes her in that moment, but um, the the scriptures don't pull punches when it concerns um, the difference between a, a godly woman and a woman who is ungodly, and just how yeah. much of a source of strength and help they can actually be to their husbands or to others around them, as far yeah, as a godly right. woman. Yeah, and, and I want to go back to something you said just a minute ago before we move forward, because it is such a weighty point that Grace is so, so, so good. In that Titus text, right, at the very end of this section, uh, Paul says all these things, and then he says, um, so that in everything, because this is, again, I'm going back to this because this is what this hinges on. This is why Job would be so um, not pull, or you say, as you said, scripture doesn't pull punches. This is what is at stake, right? So that in everything, they may adorn the doctrine of God, our savior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
ultimately that is what, what the weight of this hinges on and why it's so important for women to behave in a godly way, for, for older women to act as, as instructed, for younger women to act as instructed. And men too, because there's there's men in here, but but we act and embody the character of Christ and the way we live our lives and, and run our homes and and do all these things because because in everything it adorns the doctrine of God or Savior. It's an act of worship. Yep. Yeah. But I think of and, I mean sorry, go ahead, Jack. I don't know, I was just gonna say in, in, to Jezebel again, as the as <laughs> You guys are grinning at me. Um, did I say something funny? He no. said, I want to say to Jezebel, and I interpret oh. that as like the Jezebel was listening and you were oh, just oh, no, or no, you no, were characterizing <laughs> Jeze- to the Jezebel that's listening to this podcast right now. The, the dogs are something. coming for you. you the dogs are coming. <laughs> Release the hounds. <laughs> no, I was just going to point out that Jezebel was the opposite of this because in all the bad things she did, right. you know, she instituted right. worship to another god, right? To Baal. So um, right. is it Baal or Baal? Why am I not? I say bail. Bail? Yeah, bail. That's right. Sorry. So she, but, but she, yeah, she said, uh, Grayson, we lost your audio. Yeah. I'm not hearing you. Uh, but I, I cleared again, my throat. Sorry. So I muted it. We, oh, have, okay, okay. we have muted Grayson now. <laughs> and he's, he's out. Um, <laughs> but so much hinges on the worship of God. And when you see the, the antithesis, yeah. the opposite of that in right. the, in the character, you know, the character type or whatever you want of the Jezebel. You see the exact opposite, that it is worship of another God. That's the last point I was going to make. Yeah. Yep. No, that's great. And I won't say anything else for like five minutes. I don't know. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no. No. I, I tell you, I just don't see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the yeah. So the Old Testament examples of the of the contrary, Jezebel, uh, even even godly women who at time act in ungodly ways. You think of mm-hmm. Rebecca and, and others. I mean, those are demonstrative of our own lives. When we look at old, the Old Testament narrative, uh, we see folks who uh, love the Lord who still fail in major yep. ways. So, even in talking about all of this, um, it's not a. Uh, it's when we look at God's word. Whether you're a, a man or a woman and you look at the standard, it, you will inevitably see that you fall short in all of these things. And so what are you to do with that? Are you to despair that you fall short or are you to move forward? Well, one, your confidence is in Christ who was who kept all of these points of obedience on our behalf perfectly. And so mm-hmm. we are not despairing that we are not there, but our desire to be conformed to the image of Christ then drives us on Mm -hmm. uh, to grow again, be pressed into his image. And so our desire is though I know I'm not where I should be, that I'm not a perfect godly man or you're not a perfect godly woman, uh, that your desire is to grow in those things and, and to actually become the growing mature Christian who operates within your roles that God has given yep. you. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's look at a different text and may, maybe in the interest of time, um, maybe we can move through this one relatively quick. I don't want to yeah. go too fast, yep. but then Rude. because everyone is waiting for us to talk about Proverbs 31. Like, no, 
Everybody talks about Proverbs 31. We're going, Everybody we're, does, going yeah. with the, we're going with the B tracks here. Deep deep cuts. <laughs> the deep cuts. Titus, yeah, the deep. first Peter. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So first Peter three. I'll uh, I'll tell you what, I'll just read uh, I guess verses one through six. One through six. First uh, Peter three, verses one through six. Likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some of them do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see when they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of your hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Do you want me to keep going? You said no, you, wanted no, keep, you wanted to keep it brief, Jay. Oh, I'm withholding <laughs> all comment. <laughs> so so I she's had, pause. I yeah. thought I'd, she's yeah, to have no. a, yeah, she's to have a pure and reverent uh, demeanor. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the idea here yep. is of a respectable woman who is not boisterous or seeking uh, her own, her own way and her own thing. Right. Yeah. She's yep. upright, has moral character. She holds herself with dignity. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I always find uh, and then this passage. Ahead, just, I was going to say um, fascinating in one sense because the way that Peter breaks it down is it's not going to be through your argumentativeness or your clever talking points or your winsomeness, whatever else might be that we tend to think of that you'll convince your unbelieving husband of Christ, but by mm. your gentle and quiet spirit, right? Um, mm. So that's the whole thing he starts to frame, right? He he then goes on to the idea that the beauty is not just this outward adornment. It's not that there's this heavy preoccupa uh, preoccupation with how she looks. Um, it's not a prohibition against looking nice, right? If you want to put on makeup and, and get dressed up nice for your husband or just to look nice, there's nothing evil about that. But what he's speaking to is that there's this preoccupation of the outward appearance rather than that inward state of godliness, right? So that you yeah. have um, a woman who is very, very beautiful on the outside, perhaps, but on the inside, she's a whitewashed tomb, or she has, yeah. you know, no state of godliness within her. And yeah. we all know that type of, I mean, person, because popular culture has also hit on that one as well, where you've got the person who looks quite nice on the outside, but on the inside, they're just an evil person. Um, so right. everybody picks up right. on those tropes. But yeah. what Peter hits at here is that the unfading beauty of a woman um, that doesn't succumb to age or um, accidents, whatever the case right. might be, is that inward quality, that inward, gentle disposition, quiet spirit, submissiveness to her own husband. And yeah. that's what is right. precious in the sight of the Lord. Right. Yeah. And those things actually, when they're nurtured, they, they grow unlike mm -hmm. your beauty, your natural beauty fades. Um, I remember that classic uh, kind of Paul Washer line. I remember the context, but a bunch of people got mad because he looked at all the women. He's like, you know, you 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 may be very beautiful now, but in sixty years you will be horribly, horribly ugly. 
<laughs> or so, something yeah. like that. I don't know. I don't know what it was. the point he was trying to drive home then is obviously that those yeah. external things fade. But what's taking place in the inside, again, the gentle, quiet spirit, godliness, uh, those things are the true source yeah. of uh, of beauty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like Proverbs thirty-one thirty. Um, Charm and beauty is deceptive, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then Blake, your your one that you were going to. Oh bring yeah, that's up that earlier. Proverbs eleven twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. eleven twenty-two. Like a gold ring in the snout of a pig is a woman who lacks discretion. No mm. one ever gets that tattoo, do they? No, no, that's not your yeah. life verse. <laughs> like that's the. <laughs> Yeah, that's, my, that's not going to be your yeah, hanging wall art in, hanging, the, in yeah, the hall. Right, right, right. <laughs> I've never seen that in the Christian bookstore hanging on the on the wall. You yeah. know, wow, I need that. It's Mother's Day. It would be a wild shirt to just walk around with that on a shirt. Uh huh. Like, All right. No, instead, the, what uh, you find is uh, what is in that the next psalm? Two, in the next two weeks? Uh, be looking for that in the course in the chaos uh, t shirt store. store. Seriously, yeah. no, we actually could do that one. That'd be a fun <laughs> one. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Yeah. That'll sell like hotcakes. Hotcakes. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the idea in all this is that uh, the woman who is immodest is ultimately uh, not one who can honor this command. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah the and scripture is scripture has no issue. It doesn't hold back when addressing immodesty. Like it's very clear whether the kind yeah. of the culture likes it or not. Like scripture is, has a lot to say about that. Right. And, and you, you know, you could perhaps find a woman who's modest in the way she dresses, but again, the scripture is talking to, uh, you know, but immodest at heart, right? You will never find a woman who's immodest in dress, but modest at heart. Like there's a, you can't have one and not the other. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. All right. The infamous Proverbs 31 woman, the woman that yes. fills every other woman with dread. Yes. Yes. And feelings of uh, inadequacy. You know. All right. Grace. I wonder, I mean, we're not, obviously, we're not women. And so we, we don't ever, but I imagine, I, I think probably growing up in the church, that uh, there's probably a lot of women who have a, maybe a not a disdain for the proverbs 31 woman sure. but just a feeling of i mean when you read it when you read it i mean it's it is a high standard right yeah. i mean there's a there's a high standard that's put forth uh for the the proverbs 31 woman yeah it yeah. it is but the thing i i routinely will tell people that will make that type of comment um one sense i get it okay if you get beat over the head with it continually mm -hmm. and it's like you're not a Proverbs 31 woman. It's like, well, she's five. So cut her some slack. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you have to be the one that teaches her. So if, if that was your childhood, I'm sorry. I, I get that. It's yep. like your parents didn't help you there. Um, right. But I also <laughs> like to remind people, it's like, but Proverbs was written to um, a young man who was about to become king. And there's 30 plus chapters you know, talking about all of his behavior and all of his qualities and what he's supposed to strive for. Um, yeah. So the men get beat up just as well, if if you're at least honest with it. But um, no matter how much we might flinch at these passages, we have to be able to let the word of God do its work. And yeah. we have to let it cut 
to the quick at times and, and recognize um, maybe I'm not that. And that's okay in one sense. Um, and it's not okay in another, but as long as I'm striving in repentance and right. I'm trying to honor right. God, then it's okay. Um, I, I mean that to try and encourage you a little bit. You're, you're never going to be perfect. Right. And, right. And again, when did, when did that slip in this idea yeah. that at some point we arrive, like, I don't know, like, where does that come from? Yeah. That you well, reach a point in your Christian life in any in any field that you're in in the Christian life. I mean, whether that's personal holiness, whether that's godliness as a, a father or a mother or whatever. At what point do you sit back and say, you know, look what I have, look over your kingdom and say, look what I have accomplished. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's just a silly thought to even be put off by the standard. Again, when we see the standard and we see our shortcomings, our hope is Christ obviously. Yeah. And the second part is, it's something to strive for and toward. There's nothing wrong with striving. I mean, we, we will strive until we die. Yeah. So I think part of it too, is so much, um, so much teaching is like, here are 10 ways to do this or 20 ways yeah. to be a godly woman. And it's like, or you could just teach the principle, which is what scripture does. And right. it'll look different in my home as it looks different in Jack's home and Blake's home and everybody else's home. Right. Um, what you're aiming for are the qualities or the characteristics. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, when you look at Proverbs one, she has a noble character. Um, that's a, a characteristic. That's not a, now it's, you know, in order for you to be a Proverbs 31 woman, you've got to go out and um, shear the sheep and, Right. Make your own clothing. It's like the, the principle yeah. behind that is the industriousness. And so however that no, looks. No, I'm pretty sure it's about the sheep, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> How many of you have been shearing sheep? You're obviously not a godly woman. Yep. Yeah, right. But we, we fail people so often because we can't think in yeah. principle. And then as soon as you're, you know, quote unquote, disobedient to that itemized list of things you got to do, um, you feel like you've fallen short and it's like, man, perhaps yeah, you have, but at the same time, perhaps you haven't. And you're just living under an unrealistic expectation. That's just not biblical. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, Grayson, you bring up a good point and maybe we should have touched, touched on this a little more earlier, but no one is going to do any of these things perfectly. Right. No one, but that is the beauty to, to bring it back to the gospel. That is the beauty of the forgiveness and grace we have in Christ. And it goes mm -hmm. back, you know, it goes back to, a thing we've kind of said over and over again, like we talk about Bible reading plans and, you know, family worship and all these things. If, if you're sitting here and be like, man, I am a failure at this. I'm not doing good. Just start working on it today. Like start yep. working on it tomorrow. Start, start seeking God in his word. Start making efforts to make little changes in your life. Yeah. Begin to look at the Proverbs 31 woman and start to pray. How can I, Lord, how can I apply this to my life? How can I get better right. at shearing sheep? Right. Right. You, you know how often I tell myself the Lord's mercies are new every morning? Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. to rely yep. on that uh, quite often. Quite yeah. often. We are so. all failures. All of us. We there's all stink. Good, there's our good snippet for the uh, little, for the real. Oh, the little Facebook on the reel, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We are there all failures. We stink. <laughs> we are. And that's We're it. We're all failures. Right. Every, every single one hope. No hope. You gotta, no. You got to bring back the clip to the to the English stinky version too. Yeah, the two together. Right. <laughs> but um, the uh, the Proverbs thirty one woman though. Yes, go back to it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. She's of uh, she's a woman that's of the by principle. 
Okay. So without looking at shearing sheep and, and things like that, uh, she's a woman of noble character, which was something that is brought out. Uh, her husband has confidence in her. Um, also her children rejoice at her. Hmm. Um, she uh, brings good rather than harm in principle. Uh, she's industrious in her labors. She is wise with money. She cares for the poor and for the needy. Uh, she builds up her husband's reputation. You know, she makes him look good. Uh, and she speaks with wisdom. Okay. I mean, so that's eight beautiful principles that are, that are brought out there, yeah. uh, for the Proverbs 31 woman, you know, I don't know if we, did we mention this yet of, again, I know we hit it really hard last time, uh, but don't obviously don't be put off. Like if you're a, if you're like a single woman, okay. And when we talk about children and husbands and things like that, again, that is a category of responsibility. And that may be mm -hmm. a category that you don't fall into. Uh, you know, as, as a, as a, again, as a pastor, I fall into a certain category of responsibility that other men don't fall into. Uh, some of these, you know, some guys that, you know, we know that have, you know, five to 12 kids have a different, you know, level of, of responsibility than others. So again, don't be put off and we're not throwing a blanket over the whole thing and saying, well, this is exactly like, you're not a godly woman if you're not married and you don't have children. That's not at all what's being said. What we're calling for is biblical womanhood and godliness in the realm of responsibility that God has you in right okay. now. Okay. Right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. There's also just a plain wisdom in being able to look at it and say, okay, if I desire marriage, oh, then yeah. here's things I ought to be able to look at and say, how do I start working towards that now? Um, it's all in the Lord's hands on whether or not that day will come. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, I've, I've talked with single men about the same reality. It's yes. like, okay, yeah. you're, you're a single man now. And so your responsibility is limited, but you don't want to just stay where you're at in terms of just not even preparing for that day. You want to look at what it means to be a godly husband, a godly father, and all those things now, so that when that day comes, you can just walk in that. Right. Because otherwise yeah. it's hard. I mean, I was the guy yeah. who just went right into it and it's like, okay, so uh, I can tell you all the ways to do it wrong. Right. Um, right. Right. Yeah. So be, Same be wiser than us. Yeah. Be wiser yeah. than Grayson and Jack. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> be more like Blake. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's interesting is even in the, even in the prep work that you do, the spiritual prep work that you do before marriage, you still, I mean, it's still like you're mm -hmm. just in this, total new realm uh that the prep work is helpful i believe but yeah. uh it's not the it's not the end all because you're yeah. growing and you grow in grace together i mean marriage and children they will shine lights on flaws in your character that you never knew even existed you know dark corners of selfishness and and things mm -hmm. like that that you didn't even think were there and uh until you, you know, find yourself jealous of your little baby because your wife is giving the baby all the attention, right? Yeah. And you're, yeah. that little kid has ruined my, ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I don't> 
right, well, there's some uh, yeah, there's, there's some, some things that need to be yeah. dealt with there, huh, Blake? No, yeah. no, <laughs> not at all. No, but I'm saying that's the things that you work through. You know, like things that yeah. you need to prepare, whether you're a woman or whether you're a man, before you move into marriage. If you move into marriage and having children, uh, you know, it is a sanctifying process, but it doesn't yep. start just on the day um, that you, yep, you know. Biblical manhood, godliness, uh, womanhood, those things start earlier on. Um, it's kind of like when you're looking, I don't know what you guys, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail. I know we're out of time. Uh, when you're looking for like a, a, a deacon in the church, you're looking for someone who's already godly and already yep. serving, you know, you don't yep. assign someone the title so that they become a deacon. Uh, but you're looking for someone who's already qualified and already fitting into those realms, who's already growing. And what you're doing is you're giving them an opportunity then to grow in that and minister mm -hmm. to others and love others. So, you know, that being said, putting these uh, things that you can uh, into play now prepares you for a potential next step in yeah. your life. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No matter where you uh, may find yourself, I mean, these are all qualities that God finds precious. And so to be able to, to look at it and say, okay, I might not have a husband currently, but if I want to be a woman who, whose husband has confidence in me, what does that look like in practice now? Well, yeah. perhaps you're a worker. So be the, the best worker you can so that your boss has confidence in you or <clears throat> be the young daughter whose father has confidence in her. Um, yeah. Those are all different ways where you can start to prepare yourself and your heart for those realities later down the road. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And if you're a young man, these are qualities that you're looking for uh, in a wife. And if you're a husband, these are qualities that you're looking to uh, nurture in your wife. Yeah. yeah. And that's perhaps where I would say to all the husbands listening is that if you look at all this and, and you think for a moment that you get off scot-free because your wife isn't reflecting this, um, go back and listen to the last podcast because this is all on your shoulders at the end mm -hmm. of the day. Mm -hmm. um, that's your responsibility as a husband. Yeah. Yeah. So last, last time Blake and I made won't call it an executive decision. Um, but we did talk about doing another podcast oh, yeah. Yeah. about kind of the inverse of these. So how can a member of the opposite sex, uh, the opposite gender encourage and respond to these type of things? If you're in an environment where your wife or your husband or, you know, whatever it is, um, whatever it is, there's only two options here. I go again, <laughs> cultural influence. Um, <laughs> See, it's everywhere. It just like seeps in. But how can you how can you encourage these things? So right. if you're if you're a husband and you're like, well, my wife is does not embody these, right? Right, right. Your wife's you, not the Proverbs thirty one woman. How do you how right. do you nurture and build into that? Uh, you you look at your husband and he is not the spiritual leader uh, that he could be should be. How do you? How do you right. build into him? How do you encourage him? So, yeah, that's kind of what we were looking at doing next mm. time. Is okay. Yes, you don't live in the you don't live in the perfect world where you know you, maybe you're not the Jonathan and Sarah Edwards or whatever. Uh, so, where do you? How can you kind of encourage uh, your spouse in those things? Um, 
we're going to look at that, I think, next time. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it'd be a good episode. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we are out of time. Grace and Blake, anything else in closing? No. I mean, no, I, I could. I mean, we could. Say we could it. go on. Say it. Yeah, we just could do it. On. No, I'm just thinking, you know, just uh, dear sister, do not be uh, discouraged, um, but continue to pursue Christ and grow in godliness. Uh, despite what the culture tells you, uh, the primary concern is what God has said. And that's for yeah. biblical femininity. That's for biblical masculinity. You have to remember the world is not, uh, not friendly toward us. And if you seek to live in a godly manner, you will be persecuted. Yeah. You know, your friends, you yeah. may lose friends, you may lose family. Uh, you know, folks may look at you as strange. Um, I can't believe, I mean, we have, we all have, you know, mutual friends and things that, uh, you know, that their families just find them to be the oddest, strangest, mm -hmm. weirdest people because they seek to live a, a godly life and they just don't understand it. But the ungodly don't understand godly things. I mean, that's the, one of the side effects of being ungodly. Yeah. Uh, so I would just say, continue on, obviously hope in Christ, keep growing. We're almost there. We're almost to the day of perfection yep. where we won't have to strive anymore. <laughs> What's that? I thought you meant to the end of the podcast. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, you have was, to, yeah, no, it was better. There's more. That. It was time. I was talking about dying, which we may do by the end yeah. of this podcast <laughs> since we're an hour and 13 minutes in. Yeah. Or all the listeners are just like, well, yeah, I'm dead. Right. Yeah, we're only just talking to ourselves here. No yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Run out, boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, those are good words, Blake. Absolutely good stuff. So thanks for listening to the Chorus and the Chaos podcast. Uh, again, I'm Jack, Grayson, and Blake. And uh, until next time, bye.